0: Welcome to Rock Harbor Church's channel on Sermon Audio. We hope this message is a blessing to you and helps you in your daily walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So please, settle in and grab your Bibles. Here's Pastor Brandon with this message. Hey, um, we're gonna talk a lot about current events today, um, but let me start out with this. Um, This week, we need to be praying, obviously, for the elections and what's gonna be happening here in our country, because um, I I just hope that Things turn out well, but I'm hearing rumors of, you know, uh, things like, uh, guys, don't, don't, don't be afraid if it takes several days to count all the ballots. Do you realize that's never happened before unless, uh, other than the last election? W- give us a couple days to count the ballots. I mean, Biden said that, right? Did you hear him say that? Um, why is he prepping that? Why, you know, why is he saying, hey, you know, we, we, we want to make sure that we don't challenge the election results? Why would Biden say that, especially when there's supposed to be a landslide? Don't question the election. Give us days to count. I'm telling you, I mean, these creeps will do anything to keep their power, Okay. And so be praying, because this is a spiritual warfare. This is not a political game anymore between Republicans and Democrats. I don't want you to think like that. It's between evil and good. That's what's at stake in the country of America. And I'm gonna tell you what, man, based on this next election, we're gonna go one or two directions, okay? So I just hope that maybe we can stay it for a while, give us more time to get the gospel out before things get really bad around here. So I'll be praying for that. A big win happened in Israel with Netanyahu getting back in there, which is huge. We're really pumped up about that because the failure of the left. See, Lapid and the other guy, uh, Gantz, total leftists, right? So they decided to take the country in a leftist way. And it just destroyed them you know, they gave up gas rights to uh, hezbollah and and lebanon really when they say oh they give it to lebanon no they're just a terrorist organization there and and they shouldn't have even done that but you know that's what happens with the left they always want to do the worst deals and come out on the the bad end of things so you have that going on so thank god they're out of there um BB's back in there he's got a high majority so it's good to know that 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 at least B.B. will take them in the right direction. Just pray for B.B.'s safety and, um, and things like that. So, okay. So that being said, some positives, some negatives. But people have always asked me, Brandon, is it possible, given the state of affairs of things, especially in the United States or around the world globally, we look like we're on the road to hell? And, and I agree with that. If something doesn't change, um, we're going in the pit. We really are, and there's no way to get around that. Um, can God do a miracle? Absolutely, can do a miracle. Can God do do whatever He wants? Absolutely. But if we're living it in the last days, what should we expect? Okay. So here's what I want you to see in the text we're in. We're in Daniel, obviously. We're in Daniel chapter nine. Okay. And this is a critical thing for any people wondering about their country. Okay. So what's going to happen is Israel has been placed in Babylon as a punishment for their sins, okay, for 70 years. It's coming to the end of it. Daniel realizes this, and he's praying what the nation should pray and confess and repent and get back on target so that God will allow them to go back to uh, the land of Israel. And so what you're going to see out of Daniel's mouth is the, the, the proper response a nation should take if they're returning back to God, okay? Now, in history, Daniel was, was a little uh, confused, and then God has to send angel Gabriel to explain a few things of Daniel's miscalculations. He was thinking that if God allowed them to go back to Israel, then the messianic kingdom would start and that's why Gabriel is sent, saying, no, no, I'm going to give you the 77s. It will be way in the future, 490 prophetic years in the future when that will happen, Daniel. So here's, the thing you're going to read today is the confession of Daniel for the nation of Israel, the repentance, the seeking of God that the nation of Israel will do in the future under the, the vice grip of the Antichrist. So you're reading a future confession of what Israel will do, okay? But it starts with Daniel. This is the the baseline, not only for what Israel must do, but any nation to return to God, to return to sound fundamentals of Judeo-Christian ethics. This is what the nation should do. Now, so when people ask me this question, is it possible for the United States to turn back to God? Here's my answer if they follow what daniel does as a nation okay that's the caveat god is not going to turn a nation over if it persists on the road to hell and persists in sin and and causes children to sin and mutilates children he won't he won't stop the judgment So the people that that, that are in the country have to do what Daniel is doing in this passage. So here's the answer. Can America return back to God? Yes, if they do what Daniel does. And I'm gonna lay that out. And at the end of it, I want you to make a decision if this is possible, okay? At the point we're at in the United States or just globally as well, all Western society. So here's the thing, how a nation removes itself from hell. As an example, uh, uh, we talked about Benjamin Netanyahu, but look, as an example of the road to hell, they are manufacturing an economic collapse that's going to lead to a food crisis next year, and it's going to be far worse than people imagine. It's already happening in Europe, okay? They're already having a problem. It's eventually going to come here. Is there a way to turn this around? There is, but the question is, are there enough people to turn it around? Do they actually want it to turn around? Or are people most content of getting their government aid and sitting on their laurels and doing nothing? Because so many people don't want to work now. They're all messed up after the, the, the shutdown. They don't want to go back to work. Businesses are having a hard time. But it's gonna have, we're going to have an economic collapse, and then they're going to give it as an excuse to go digital. We've talked about that. Can that be turned around? How about this? The era of cheap food and cheap gasoline is over. It's true. They have told Chevron to make it unaffordable to buy gas. They have told Chevron, the gas that you're selling, you have to make it to a point where people don't actually want to buy your gas. You can still sell your gas, but you have to charge a high price for it to discourage people from buying gasoline and moving them to electric. Huh. As of this month, and you saw it on the Prophecy Update, hashtag Witch Talk uh, has engendered uh, 33 billion views among TikTok's global user base. That's over four views for every person on earth. And what are they promoting? Witchcraft, how to do necromancy, how to tap into the occult. Can TikTok be stopped? Because China owns it. Did you know China owns TikTok? The cycle of retaliation between the U.S. and Russia will ultimately lead to a nuclear war. It's very possible. We could see a small-scale nuclear war. Um, we got air, a U.S. airborne right there on the, the, the border of the Ukraine, all it takes for us to cross over, and we're in a war. We're in a war. We have the U.S. airborne there, one, the 101st there, right by the border. And Putin's not joking. It's almost like we're provoking them. Do we want a nuclear war? It seems like it. Look at Biden just put pressure on us to accept fraudulent midterms results because he said, hey, don't question the results. Does he know something we don't? Did you know that we have been messing around with Brazil's election? Did you hear about that? Under Obama, we tried to get rid of Netanyahu, if you remember that, in their election. It was unsuccessful. But in Brazil, apparently, we are behind getting Da Silva in, and Da Silva is a good friends with China, and China will then take over most of South America because of Da Silva. The, the guy, the, the incumbent president, Bolsonaro, um, is not a leftist. He, he is fairly conservative. He doesn't want anything to do with China. CIA director travels down to Brazil and tells Bolsonaro, our CIA director, our State Department, don't question the election results. This, 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 the Silva wins, and the country's in an uproar right now. And then they won't allow free speech on any of their social media or anything for people questioning the election. Sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? Why is the CIA down in Brazil telling the, the president of, don't question the election results or else? Something's up. You see that crowd there? That's the crowd of people protesting because they know something went wrong in the election and the United States was behind it. We were behind it. We have the green dragon, as you know. We've talked about this. Can this be reversed? Cutting us off of fossil fuels, not eating meat, get, you know, going to an insect diet. Can this, be res- can this turn around? This is the road to hell. This will destroy the country. Can this be reversed? Let's see. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, in the lineage of Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans in the first year of the reign. So you're talking about 538 B.C., about 67 years after Israel was exiled to Babylon, in about 605 B.C. Okay? So Daniel's an older man. He's probably in his 80s. He's at the end of it. He's not going to go back in the exi- uh, from the exile. He's going to stay there and die. But this is the last uh, things that Daniel is going to do, for chapters 9 through 12. Anyway, I, Daniel, understood the books by the books. The number of the years specified the word of the, uh, the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. So Daniel's actually reading Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So he knows the Babylonian exile is about 70 years. Okay? He's at 67 years, so he knows it's coming to an end. So Daniel is going to do what the nation of Israel should do to get back on track with God. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years... Oh, this is in Jeremiah. Um, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good work towards you. And cause you to turn to this place. Talking about Israel. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me. And I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all your heart. Now as you can see, this is a famous passage in, in Jeremiah 29. Unfortunately, too many people use it today and apply it to themselves. And as you can see in context, who is he talking to? It's talking to Israel. So sometimes people take, lift this verse out of context and they apply it to themselves and, and say, God knows the, the, the thoughts uh, he thinks towards us, thoughts of peace, not able to give you a future and a hope. And, and that, that in context is referring to Israel. Okay. So what does he say at the end of this? You will seek me and find me when what? you search for me with all your heart. That's the caveat. If you don't search for him, he's not gonna do it. So Daniel knows this, he's reading Jeremiah, okay? So that's the caveat we would say with America. Can America turn? Yes, if they will seek God with their heart. I, if you do this, I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away. So I want to do good for you. These are my plans, but you've got to come back to me. You have to return, Israel, America. So the first thing, any nation must do, including Israel, the nation must seek the face of God. Now, let me explain the face of God, because the face of God is a Hebrew idiom, and it means a lot. It's, it's just heavy with theology. So I want to show you this to understand all the intricacies of seeking the face of God. This is incumbent upon even believers to seek the face of God. Okay, so what do you mean by that? Let's, let's parse that out. Daniel says in verse 3, Then I set my face, panim, his face, another Jewish idiom, toward the Lord, God, to make the request by prayer and supplications. So the first thing is the idea of setting your face means to seek God. So you set your face towards him. Now, what you have to get in mind is the Hebrew mind about seeking God. And it goes back to Genesis. So in Genesis, in the creation, God was with Adam and Eve, right? And, and Adam and Eve saw God face to face, their faces facing him, which means they were in his presence in all of his glory, okay? And they, they, they had the face-to-face presence, okay? So when Adam and Eve sinned, in effect, they turned away from the face of God. And that's why they went and hid and covered themselves. So they turned their back on God, okay? Away from his face. The scriptures indicate that if you turn your back on God, then God, who is looking at you, Will then turn his back on you. That's the way the Hebrew is trying to state the relationship. Okay, now God will have his back towards you, and if the person will simply turn around and face God, God's reaction will be to turn around and face them. Okay, very simplistic, but you can see what it it, it, it's connotating God is willing to take anybody back as long as they stop turning their back on him and face him again. And the way to face him is to seek his presence so that he will turn his back away from you and you will see his face. That's why you'll see the writers in, in the Old Testament say, do not turn your face to me or the ironic blessing May his face shine upon you, right? The ironic blessing. So the idea is the only way you can get the face of God is you turn and face him, okay? Now, there's a lot more there, but that's a, that's a basic understanding of the Hebrew idiom. Like, look what Psalm 119 says. May your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. The only way you can have his face is if you turn to him, Okay. So this is the Garden of Eden, and they had that one-on-one relationship with God, okay? As I mentioned. And they saw his face. The promise in the book of Revelation is that all believers will one day see the face of God. They will be face-to-face with him in his presence. And that's how we started as humans, okay? Behold... The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have what? Hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So Isaiah explains that it is our iniquities, the country's iniquities, where God says, I'm going to turn around and I won't hear your prayers anymore. I will not hear any requests from you because you turn away from me. Now, how do you turn away? How does a nation turn away? You get involved in iniquities. Your iniquities have separated you. So when a country is full of iniquity, it has separated itself from God. And God then turns its back, his back on that country. Look at Jeremiah 32 says though, they, their kings, their princes, their priests, their prophets, the men of Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, And they have turned to me the back and not the face. Though I taught them, rising up early and teaching them, yet they have not listened to receive instruction. So they gave me their back, is what God is saying. And how does a nation or an individual give the back of them to God? Right there. You won't listen to me. You won't obey me. You won't do what I've created you to do. And when you do that, you've turned the back to me. Jeremiah 18 talks about more about this. I will scatter them as with any, with an east wind before the enemy. I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. Let me ask you this. What's God's position right now with America. I think you're right. The back has been turned to America. But not, yeah, not on, on, not on the believer. The believer, we have face-to-face, right? Because of Messiah, I'll get to that. We have face-to-face. But as a nation, as an unbelieving element that's in our nation, the back has been turned. We are, the believers in the United States are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. We're watching apostasy happen and people leaving the faith and don't even come back. Do you know like a third of people after the shutdowns never came back to church? It thinned out the crowd, right? And and we probably realize they were just playing a game to begin with. But it got rid of a third of church attendance nationwide. They They never came back. But I think you're right. The back has been turned, not to believers, but to people in general. Now, now, now go global with me. Has the back been turned to the majority of people? And we're not talking about like Stephen Nora and the Brazeltons in Malawi. and re- we're, not talking about, we're not saying there's not believers all over the world. And he doesn't turn. We're talking about the world in general. Because look at the world and what their iniquities are now. Second Chronicles says this for if, look at the conditional, you return to the Lord, your brethren and your children will be treated with compassion by those who lead them captive so that they may come back to this land for the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn his face from you if, what? You return to him, it's that simple. So you have to ask yourself, Can America still do this? It's possible, but will they? Will they leave their iniquity? We'll see. So again, let's let's drill down on seeking the face of God, even on an individual level, so you know how to do this. Seeking the face of God means you seek God's presence. You desire his presence. You want to be with him. Now, what happens is, when like remember peter was in the boat and he saw jesus calm the wind and the waves and he realized who jesus is he's the god man what is uh, what is peter's initial reaction get away from me i am a sinful man he wanted jesus to get away from him because he realized he was standing in the presence of the eternal one and and that's Typically, the response, if you have iniquity, you get away from God, even though you really can't. You, you feel, i got to distance myself. Get away, because my iniquity. The way you solve your iniquity is you confess that iniquity, which Dan will do in just a bit. But what does God's presence give you? His presence gives you life. And you get that life through the Holy Spirit. David would say, Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Remember that? Now, the Holy Spirit can be taken from a believer, but we're see- to be in his presence means you have life. To, to, to disfellowship yourself from God means you're dying. He's the source of life. And then the second, the presence gives you illumination through his word, he teaches you his ways what to do, how he wants you to behave, how he wants you to act. And the third is, then he gives you the wisdom of God. It doesn't come from man, it comes from God in order to walk with him in the cool of the day back in the garden like Adam and Eve did. This sounds eerily familiar. Life, illumination, walk with him. Now, does it sound more familiar? I am the way, the wisdom of God to walk with him, the truth, the illumination through the word, and the life, the life through the Holy Spirit. No one comes to the Father except through me. So now, in order to get God's presence back, you must go to him through his Son, so, so the country, whether it's nation of Israel now, or we're talking about the United States, the only way back to the Father is through Jesus. They, that, that's it. He said it. This is, the way, this is the way you get God's presence back. You have done that, so now you have access to God's presence. You have life, you have truth, and you know the way. But the country has to do that, and it only through Jesus. Look what these people are doing in our country. This is the woman eating the Bible. Leftist Steel teens preacher Bible, each page is off of it. This is in Wisconsin. She's literally eating the Bible like an animal. This is demonic. This is where our country's at. This person's gotta come through Jesus if she wants to come back to God. Teacher says he was blacklisted after being fired for refusing to use a transgender student's preferred pronouns. We're basically going more and more towards totalitarian systems. So if you don't use someone's pro- pronouns, you get fired. That's where we're going. That has to stop. That right there. That's totalitarianism. Kroger. Good for, I'm glad they're going to uh, have to pay a settlement. 180000 in settlement for firing employees who refused to celebrate gay pride. They fired their employees. That's where we're at. Sorry, that kind of nonsense has to stop if you're going to return back to the God. How about this? Pro trans march now. Fascist Christians go away. That's a country that's not coming back unless that stops. Transgender is at, I mean, you're at the depths of hell when you're into transgender and then pushing that on kids. This is where we're at as a country. This is why our back has turned to God and God's back is against us not you and me as believers, but the country in general and the world in general, because this is not just endemic to the United States, it's global, it's global now, because the United States is exporting it through its media and social platforms everywhere. Where are people learning to be transgender? Social media, that's where they're getting it. This is a new low. For the United States and we're getting away from the fundamentals of Genesis of a man and a woman right you're getting away from that Well, when you get away you're turning your back on God this is the new era drag Queens it's a new low this is not to be celebrated This is. We should be ashamed of this. We should mourn for this as a country that they that this is even happening. But what are they doing? They're celebrating everywhere, and parents are celebrating everywhere. They go and they go to these uh, mock faith healing church services with organ music at a gay bar. It's insane. This is America now. These people should be locked up. These are pedophilers. I want you to look at that. There are millstones in heaven being created right now for the likes of those demonic individuals. And their only way back is through Jesus. Those guys have to come through Jesus. If not, judgment awaits them. And that's the reality of everything. Judgment awaits the nation Judgment awaits individuals. If they don't come through Jesus, they will, there will be hell to pay. Now we have surgeries on children, reconstructing them from what God made them into something else. We have doc- these doctors are Dr. Frankenstein. They are experimenting on kids. Guys, you can't get any lower than this. Now you understand. The back is turned. So number one, a nation must seek the face of God, the presence of God, and now we have the caveat, it must be through Jesus. It's the only way to the Father. But then the nation must recognize its spiritual poverty. And this is gonna be a hard one for even us. Our spiritual poverty, yeah. It's shown in this. He prays, he seeks God with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes, which is a very Middle Eastern way to mourn, to show you're in spiritual poverty. You put on the ugliest clothes, sackcloth, and then you you put ashes all over you to show outwardly what should be going on inwardly. Spiritual poverty. Poverty. So he puts on the garments of this, and he fasts. Spiritual poverty, why? Because fasting shows that you're more dependent on God spiritually than you are for food, but it also symbolizes poverty. When you're in poverty, you can't eat, right? So you put on, you put on the clothes of poverty, and you practice what poverty is like not to eat outwardly. So this is a very Hebraic way of showing this, but this is supposed to show what's going on internally in the person, okay? Internally, that you're spiritually destitute. What does this mean? It means a nation or a country or even an individual must approach God through the Son humbly. It is commanded that people are humble. It is required, and what does this mean? When you have to go to humility before the infinite, eternal God, you must admit your vulnerability and that you see accurately the reality of you. And the reality is this you're sinful, you're fragmented, you're incomplete, you're lost, you're weak, you're confused, you're hopeless, you're immature, you're broken, you're hurt, you're empty, you're dependent, and damaged without God. That's us. Everyone's got to admit that. And the country must admit that. People doing these transgender things must admit the spiritual reality of which they are. We're all this way. And when you see yourself in that mirror, it's an ugly picture and no one likes it, but it's the only way you can approach God. If you come to God in your pride and your arrogance and you think he should accept you because you're such a nice guy, or a nice gal, you're out of your mind. You must admit this because this, if you understand your true spiritual condition, it will cause a hunger in you. It will cause a need. You will start realizing, oh my gosh, there's something terribly wrong with me. I need an answer. I need a solution. Ah, it's Jesus. He's the cure. Jesus said, That this was a blessed condition. He called it poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So if you have this right attitude. This sets you up for the answer, which is Messiah. And he takes care of the rest. Our country has to get there. Let me ask you this. You think the the, the doctors and the nurses who perpetrated the lie of the vaccines, they're going to have to own it. They have to own that. Because that's the reality of them. You lied to all of us. And now all all these people are dying and killing over and having myocarditis. Are you going to admit that? Because the only way back to God is you admit it. The only way back to God is Fauci puts himself in jail and says, I'm wrong. I killed millions of people. I'm going to jail. That's an honest appraisal. I don't think he will. But here's the thing the realization of our spiritual condition, which is basically our spiritual poverty, should cause us to feel the gravity that something is horribly wrong with us. This is where godly grief comes from, guys. It's a spiritual pain when you see who you are next to God. Next to the infinite, next to the eternal holy one. This is how we look compared to him. And it makes us feel vulnerable. It makes us feel, oh, something's wrong, I'm coming apart. It literally, you will feel like coming apart when you're next to the perfection of God. That's godly grief. And it's associated to that realization. You've got to have heart, godly grief. Now, what we'll see in the future is Israel will have this godly grief. And they will mourn as one mourns for an only son. Because they will see their condition. And then they will come to faith in him. So this would cause us to seek God. Now, here's the thing. When people say, Brandon, and let's talk on a believer level. Now, that, we talk society, but let's talk a believer level. When I hear people say, you know what, Brandon, um, I just really, you know, I'm a believer in everything, but, you know, I have a hard time reading my Bible. I have a hard time going to church. I have a hard time going to Bible studies. It's just not my thing, and I'm really not motivated to do those things. When they tell me that, I already know what's going on in them. They are not spiritually hungry. If you're spiritually hungry, you will go anywhere at any time to get fed because your desperate condition and you say i need that i need to be in the word of god i need to go to church i need to go to bible study because i'm desperate when someone knows their true condition they will not lack motivation to go get help if you know you have cancer the first thing you will do tomorrow morning is go to a doctor and try to cure the problem And that's what the spiritual hunger is. When you see your condition, it will cause you, I've got to get help. I've got to get this fixed. I'm desperate. I need help. You won't miss church. You won't miss Bible study. You won't miss reading your Bible. You won't miss prayer because you have a hunger. Like, I need a cure now. That's what the nation needs. It's what the church needs. The church is like, I can, I can take it or uh, people in the church are like, I take it or leave it, take it or leave it. Really? That's your attitude. Then you're n- you don't know your own condition, do you? That's a sign. If you feel like I'm not motivated to read my Bible, I'm not motivated. You're lacking the motivation to even come to church. It's because you're not hungry. That's the answer. And you're not hungry because you don't know your, your full condition. You don't know it. This is what we have in Laodicea now. This is the characterization of Laodicea in the last days. Remember, Laodicea will be the last characterization of the church age. From the cross all the way to the rapture, the church ends in Laodicea, this indifferent attitude. I don't care, and and so what? I have my life. I have all kinds of wonderful things in my life. Jesus tells the Laodiceans, because you say I am rich, because uh, Laodicea was typically wealthy. And, and have no need of nothing. And do not know that what? Here is your, your true spiritual condition, Laodicea. You're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. And that's coming from the Messiah himself. So Laodicea thinks, I am rich, and that must be the blessing of God and our churches are rich, and we're building new cathedrals, and we're, we, we, we got uh, you know, all this lavish stuff while other Christians are in third world under a tree meeting. And so we're rich. This is God's blessing. It's like, you fool. He just told you you're wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. You don't even know your own condition. That's the problem with Laodicea. They don't know their own condition. So what happens? Stacey Abrams appears the notorious Word of Faith heretic Creflo Dollar and gets a standing ovation. Thank you so much for being here. Right before you take your seat, I, I just want to say this because I want to see how it sounds. Uh, Governor Stacey Abrams just walked in. She should be booed. you already know what to do right how many of you have already done it Wow, that's big time make it happen do what you got to do and and we're honored to have you here with us this morning amen honored honored she's satanic she wants to kill babies up until they're born what is Creflo Dollar thinking well I can tell you where it puts him at it's, that's Laodicea. You Stacey Abrams is an enemy of the cross. She wants to kill babies. And we're celebrating, you guys are giving her a standing ovation. That's Laodicea. I want you to see it. That's Laodicea. They don't Creflo Dollar has a $65, 000, $65 million plane that is church bottom. I have become wealthy. I have become rich. Laodicea, right? But you fool, you can't even tell right and wrong anymore. You fool, the people at your church can't even tell right and wrong anymore. You fool! Pastor says Christians are satanic if they take a hard stance against abortion. No, I think, buddy, it's your problem. You're the satanic one. This is what the churches are doing now. Oh, the, 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 the drag queen thing, you think it's in culture? No, no, it's, these are churches doing drag queen stuff. Bethel Pastors Jesus frequently ripped verses out of context and made them say what they didn't mean. If you don't realize that Bethel Reading is a cult by now, I don't know what else to tell you. This is, this is crazy. Southern Baptist Megachurch puts on a performance of classic worship song, Baby Shark, for worship. You come on Sunday, here's what you get. Well, this is church on Sunday morning in America. Life.
1: Please, no. It's
0: like Please, Disneyland. No. Shark, I can't take it. You go to church and that's what they're doing? How about this one? sir? Really, they've turned things into a circus? Literally. Southern Baptist Church worships literal circus performance during worship service. Look at the at the the money spent on the graphics. This is church on in America.
1: Northern light in our the neon
0: Yeah, Circus de Soleil, Las Vegas, in the no, inside, Church, USA.
1: A night. Even in the darkness, you bring...
0: Okay, what would the Apostle Paul say if he walked into that mess? Huh? What would Peter say? Are you guys out of your minds? Who are you? What's wrong with you? Paul would go right after him. Type A personality, Woo! That's the church in America. Ontario Church hosts Halloween Drag Queen event for children. Yeah, Halloween Drag Queen event. Andy Stanley, the, the, the biggest false teacher in America, yet he has thousands and thousands of people attend his services, just came out and says, the fact that Jesus didn't believe that good people go to heaven, that doesn't necessarily make it true. Anything Jesus says is true, Andy, you, you heretic. That's just what he taught. Well, Andy, he's the word of God. Anything he teaches is true. And it's what he said, and it's what he believed. Yeah, and that means it applies to you. But he's challenging Jesus. Oh, he, good people go to heaven, he's saying, in essence.
1: Hear me. I'm for the, for, the, for the moment, don't hear me saying what I'm saying because it's necessarily true. Just hear me saying what I'm about to say because this is what was said. What? According to Jesus, good people don't go to heaven. That's right. According to Jesus, it's the very opposite of what most people who believe there's a heaven actually think and believe. And the fact that Jesus didn't believe that good people go to heaven, that doesn't necessarily make it true. That's just what he taught. And that's what he said and clearly it's what he believe but at the same time and here's the gotcha here's the strange thing here's the sit up straight and pay attention here's the wow you know that's something to consider jesus did not teach that good people go to heaven but jesus instructed his followers to be good and more than that to do good so where
0: is he going and he's basically saying if you do good and you be good you can go to heaven Because it was only Jesus that he really didn't mean that. That's what he taught and that's what he believed. But Jesus was apparently wrong. That's what Andy Stanley is saying. Now, I want to hear from Charles Stanley and see if he will condemn his own son. Saying, that dude's a heretic. Jesus doesn't make mistakes. He's the eternal God. Anything he says is true. Because he is the truth. The nation must pray to the one true God and do it correctly. So we got to seek God's presence, right? And then you got to pray to him. But you must do it correctly. And he says, "And I prayed to Yahweh." That you know it's all capitalized in the text. I prayed to Yahweh, my God. Well, Yahweh is the only God. And notice how Daniel's using the personal name of God because he's specific in who he's talking to. He is not praying to the Santa Claus God of America. He is not praying to Mother Earth. He's not praying to the Mormon God or the Jehovah Witness God or the Islamic God. He is praying to, the Yah- to Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through the, son of the his son, the Messiah. So one of the things why people have their prayers hindered or America has their prayer hindered is because they have idolatry, idolatrous prayers. You must pray to the one true God. If you just pray to God in general, forget it. That's not. You have to be specific. And if you don't approach God the Father through the Son's name and authority that will not be heard, you don't end your prayers and just say Amen. You end your prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Because the only way you get to the Father is through the authority of the Messiah. So all these clowns out there that pray to God and don't pray in Jesus' name are not being heard. That's the wrong God. Wrongly addressed prayer. Whether it's Allah, a Hindu God, Mormon Jesus, Jehovah Witness Jesus, whatever, You have to have the address correct. It's Yahweh. And you can't have hypocritical prayer, which means you're not sincere. These politicians, as you can see, they'll pray and they're not sincere about anything. They do it for show. Biden says he's a devoted Catholic. Yeah, right. Nancy Pelosi says she's a devoted Catholic. Yeah, right. You worship Satan. I'm sorry. I see it in your behavior. You're satanic. You don't worship the God of the Bible. Quit telling me you do. That's hypocritical prayer. And then when sin and disobedience, that becomes a, a hindrance to prayer. If someone is saying they, they claim to be a, a follower of Jesus and is a transgender pastor, nothing's happening. Lack of concern for others. Well, we, we, don't you, we want to show compassion to the people coming across the border, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people coming through. We want to show compassion. But what about the lack of concern about the citizens who pay for that? It's hypocritical. Lack of forgiveness will hinder prayers. Lack of faith will hinder prayers. If people don't have faith in the one true God, their prayers are not answered. Lack of love for spouse no love for your spouse, your prayers are hindered. Misapplication of Scripture, if you misapply Scripture, your prayers are not heard. If your motivation is selfish, your prayers will not be heard. What is effective prayer? Being honest with God, your true spiritual reality, humility, like we talked about, persistency, abiding in the Word, practical righteousness, you're living righteous. And you understand prayer's limitation. You submit your prayer to God's will. He's not a genie. You say, your will be done as as Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is the effect of prayer that gets heard. The nation must pray this way in order to be heard. And and here's, here's one of the last things. The nation must make God and his word its authority. Seems simple, doesn't it? And he said, O oh Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. He's referring to the Abrahamic covenant, his, his Abrahamic covenant. And he's referring to the Mosaic covenant as well. These are the people of Israel that obey God. And when you obey him, his mercy comes to them, his love comes to them. And they keep, because they keep, they keep his commandments. That's how they, they get in touch with God. When you see this passage in Daniel, it's familiar to this passage. And we know that all things work together for the good, for for good to what? To those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Those are the two caveats. It's not a blanket statement to anybody or a nation. If we want in our personal life, all things to work together for good, then first of all, the person has to love God. What does love God mean? Well, it's more than just a devotion to him. The Hebrew idiom means you make God the priority of your life. He's number one in your life above your family, your kids, your spouse, your job, everything. God is number one, okay? God has to be the priority. That has to be the, the thing for the nation as well. God has to be the priority. And second, the call according to his purpose. Fulfilling God's call and command to suffer obediently. That's the call in that passage. It's, it's referring to press, uh, perseverance in the midst of suffering. So in order for, th- for things to work good in your life on a personal level, first of all, you got to prioritize God as number one. And number two, you have to accept the suffering you're having right now. And you persevere through it. If you will do those two things, then all things work together for good. If you don't, it won't work together for good. So as a nation, those two caveats have to be put in place for good to come out of that nation. The whore of Babylon now is is visiting Mount Sinai. You know, they're they're having this whole UN thing, uh, global, uh, you know, save the planet type of meeting, COP27. And they're meeting there uh, and they're going to Mount Sinai and they're going to produce their own 10 commandments for saving the planet. And we're going to get all the faiths and religions all together to practice these new 10 commandments. That's blasphemy. They're going to do it on the top of Mount Sinai. It's blasphemy. Satanic temple performs and hands out certificates of unbaptism. Unbaptism, yeah. So Christians now are going to the satanic uh, things and getting getting unbaptized certificates from the Satanists. taxpayer-funded NPR airs disturbing audio of a woman having an abortion at 11 weeks. Why would they do that? New Zealand government has launched a new DIY abortion scheme that allows women and girls to free phone a number and and have abortion pills delivered to them in what is described as state-sponsored backstreet abortion. Last, the nation must confess its sins. All the sins I showed you today, America's committing them, okay? You and I are trying to obey, you and I are doing everything we can to fight against it, and God bless all of you, and you must continue to fight, okay? But you must keep this this thing in your head. If the nation of America will not do those things that we just saw Daniel do, it ain't coming back. And I'm not trying to be neg- negative Nelly here. You must do this. These are the requirements for any nation to come back, whether it's Israel or anything. Now, you and I have done these things. You and I will be spared the major wrath that is about to hit America in the tribulation. You and I will be spared. But secondarily, will we be hit by the other things that are happening in America, by the stupid decisions that they make? Yes, we will. And you have to accept that suffering and persevere to the end. Because without you, this country has no salt and light. You must keep fighting. Even if the country is going to hell in a handbasket, you must be seen at your post when the rapture happens. You must be striving and fighting and persevering and not surrendering. There's so many people that contact me from our online audience and they're ready to give up. They're ready to stop functioning in society. They're ready just to pack it up and wait for the rapture. And I tell them, no, don't do that. You have to fight against this. So regardless of what happens, your task never changes. It never changes, whether in good or bad, you stay at your task and stay right with God, stay close with God, seek his presence, seek his, seek, confess, and you stay tight with him and he will see you through this. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for what we can learn through Daniel, the prophet, what it takes for a country to return back to you. Boy, it's a lot, Father. Father. Anything's possible, Father. We pray for our country, we pray for the world, that they would return back to you, but we also know we're in the last days, and they may not. But help us just to have the energy to continue to fight and, and do what we're doing, fight for life, fight for marriage, fight for good, fight for truth, because it's worth it. The truth is worth it. Help us to do that. And I pray if there's anyone here that doesn't know your son, they would come to faith in him today, realizing time is getting short. They would place their faith in the Messiah. He would, he would pay for their sins. He would forgive them. Because he was crucified, died, and was, and, and was buried and rose on the third day to give everlasting life to anyone who believes. Speak to hearts now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for another lesson. We hope that this message is a blessing for you and helps you grow towards a more mature understanding of God's word. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website at rockharborchurch.net. Until next time, remember, keep looking up for our
1: redemption draws near.